Hello and welcome to the Ask Dr. Ben podcast. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. As a holistic-minded physician, I've spent the last 20 years looking outside the box and conducting research to find the true causes of skin conditions and other diseases. And while the focus of my work has been on aesthetic medicine and unlocking the secrets to reversing skin damage, this podcast will also include many other exciting revelations pertaining to you and your family's health and well-being. So let's get started. Well, all right, everybody, we are back. Um, I uh, wish I could say it was under better circumstances today as part three in the series about the pandemic. And um, I'm thankful that at this point, uh, my information is still available. So if you haven't listened to part one and two, which are quite a while ago, it might be interesting for you to go back historically and just see um, that, in fact, a lot of the stuff that I was talking about is proving out uh, pretty accurately, sadly. And um, honestly, I kept postponing this and postponing it because... It just felt like the information was out there and people uh, are going to do what's called a confirmation bias. So they're going to go with what they know, search out and go, hey, I always thought it was that. I knew it was that. And you can find that information um, to support whatever you believe. People are quite polarized at this point. I'm not sure, you know, if you're someone listening who is a pro-vaccine Thank you for listening, and please take a moment just to hear me out. Um, I am a very rational person. (laughs) Uh, I know some people uh, might uh, question that because they're like, well, how can you be saying all of this and say that you're rational? But what I mean by that is uh, I'm always looking for the factual data. Everything uh, has to pass the sniff test. And I'm certainly not the only physician out there who is throwing his arms up going, what? <laughs> what are you What are you saying? Let's start um, with a quick review of my take of the world. Now, there aren't many people saying what I'm about to say, and I appreciate that there's not a lot of evidence to support one way or the other, the following, but I'm telling you there's no doubt in my mind that um, all viruses are man-made. And so uh, I came out with that, and I appreciate that that you know people are like, well, how could that be? There's so many viruses, and they've been around for all of history, and all the scientists tell us that they're around, and um, you know, and and I'm going to tell you that I believe the first virus was probably Spanish flu, and uh, that we haven't looked back. That uh, many viruses have been fabricated, and um, that uh, it, there's no logical explanation for why the body could and would make an RNA virus with 30,000 different nucleic acids. Or if you want, you can go to the bat and say, okay, no, no, it's not from us. Dr. Johnson is from the bat. Okay, there's no logical way that a bat is going to put together 30,000 pieces of nucleic acid in perfect precision to create approximately 12 genes um, that perfectly target and evade the human immune system. Nothing to do with bats. Remember, the whole idea of evolution and the evolution of the viruses, quote-unquote, is that they uh, are intelligent and that they 
uh, secretly continue to improve themselves because they figure out the human's immune system. Well, that is absolutely and categorically false. There's not true. The viruses that we're talking about have only a piece of code. They're RNA viruses. They do not have the capability of adapting in any way. It is one of the biggest lies being spread. And I'm even the most savvy of the uh, medical practitioners who see what's going on and can't stand it. All of them still talk about this Delta variant. And now we've talked about the R1 variant. And it's like, no, no, no. Go back to the research. The research showed that when RNA viruses are modified, they become weaker. Now you say, well, what, that's out there? It's like, yeah, you know why that's true? It's true because RNA viruses are a piece of code that go into the body. They don't go uh, into the DNA and uh, tell the DNA, our artificially intelligent, unbelievably brilliant DNA, which has access to consciousness. I don't even know how to describe the algorithm of consciousness, but it is beyond description uh, of intelligence, okay? So your DNA is very specific and very, um, really almost unpenetratable. A lot of people think this is, you know, they don't understand this concept of gene therapy. So we're going to get into some of this today, but bottom line is RNA is just a piece of code. So it's what your DNA creates through a series of steps. It creates RNA and uh, this piece of code can go in to a cell and modify cell activity and um, and that is the equivalent of gene therapy because genes can be altered not your DNA itself gene activity can be altered and it's what I would call an epigenetic change something I talk about a lot where basically um, I can't change your DNA but I can change the way your cell behaves which would normally be controlled by your DNA but it's been hijacked by a piece of code so it's really important to understand that because when you understand that it is only a piece of code hijacking your cell, then you realize that the code has no brain. The code is not really alive. It's a method of biowarfare, essentially, and it's a, a system uh, uh, that in, is intended to alter the behavior of our cells. Not the of our DNA, but our cells. So when you get that, then you realize that the only way that RNA can modify is through the behavior of the human body. And I was so funny. I was watching a really smart guy talking to one of the top virologists in the world. And I watched him dance around the question. It was fascinating to me because he was talking about how uh, RNA viruses get modified. And I watched his language and he said it accurately. And I can't quote him now. It was like a month ago. But he said... They get modified. He didn't say they modify themselves, they adapt. He didn't say that. He said they get modified. And so what he's talking about is the fact that when a human system sees that something is hijacking normal, healthy behavior, the human system has a series of reactions. One of them is a fever. One of them is a series of modifications to the RNA uh, in other words, they try to change a nucleic acid here, a nucleic acid there to alter the uh, code of the RNA so that it no longer has the capacity to continue to hijack the cell. Now, for the most part, 
this is accomplished. In other words, you've been exposed to a lot of viruses through your entire life, and all of those viruses have been modified and shut down in most people. I shouldn't say you because you may. It depends on how healthy your immune system is. Now, it's true. You know, one of the first ones that was obvious that uh, where the immune cell was having trouble was HIV and the AIDS epidemic. And essentially what they did is they built a programmed um, code that distorted immune cells so that they were incapable of recognizing this virus. And depending on, I don't know what the factors are, like it's complicated, the human body on, you know, what is it that's missing in some people that makes them less capable of stopping a virus? Because not everyone that got HIV died from HIV. Um, some people uh, actually have a uh, capacity to, to fight it. Uh, and um, it's the same thing I would say about uh, humans in general. Most viruses, we have the capacity to fight. So first, most important review point is to tell you that whether or not you believe that all viruses are man-made, I'm just telling you we're talking about very complex pieces of code uh, the the scientists, the great minds of the world tell you that these viruses come from dead cell die-off. Your own cells dying off and somehow some piece of your cells in the mucus, in the, in the waste material has some piece of code that just randomly has the ability to cause harm to you. That is the story. Yes, <laughs> believe it or not. That is uh, the theory of the birth of viruses, which have been around since the dawn of time. I watched this guy. Oh, my gosh. This part actually blew my mind. I watched this guy to say very, very clearly that viruses cannot live outside of the cell. Viruses have no effect, no living function whatsoever. They are just a bunch of uh, essentially proteins, if you want to call it that. Um, uh, when they're not inside of a human cell. Okay, very important point. And then he went on to say, this is one of the leading virologists of the world, because he was talking about the origin of man. And he goes, now we think maybe that it was two viruses that got together that may have been the origin of man, or at very least the origin. I'm like, wait a minute. You just got done saying that viruses cannot live outside of a cell. And then you're saying viruses existed before cells existed? It was so nonsensical. And so you've got to apply a logical mind to all of this. And if you're at all just wondering, I encourage you to go and see if you can understand how it would be possible for humans to create or bats to create a multi-thousand piece bit of code from some sort of die-off. They've just implanted in our um, thinking that viruses have just always existed. They've managed to do that over the last century. And I'm just telling you, step back from that a minute and ask yourself, what? how does that work? Like, I would even ask you to step back and look into the history of humanity and go, huh, didn't hear a lot about viruses back in... Um, you know, the earlier centuries, we had plagues, you know, they were all bacterial, uh, maybe fungal too, but mainly bacterial plagues uh, that went on. But 
what you'll notice is there's no historical references to anything like that. And, um, oh, by the way, things show up and things die off. Now, when it comes to viruses, one of the other things we know is there's this thing called herd immunity, which in the beginning they tried to say there is no herd immunity. (laughs) Um, But herd immunity is a real thing, and we're going to talk about the human uh, body's ability to fight viruses in a minute. So hopefully I keep my thoughts coherent. I don't want to be all over the place for you guys. I want you to really let this set in because at the end of the day, I find all of this quite uh, disturbing and uh, tragic. Okay. So I have a piece of code. It's in your body. Your body's trying to shut the code down. Your body's not going to make it stronger. There's no such thing as you getting an infection and your body going, oh, this thing is really nasty. Let me make it nastier. Now, if you believe, oh, the body's prone to mistakes And so, yeah, I could just make it nastier just by accident. Like, you've got to go back and double check your system and remember that you have 100 trillion cells in your body. They behave near flawless, uh, honestly, flawlessly. For 100 years of your life, the only thing that makes them misbehave is the distortions of their environment, like viruses, like poisons. They communicate with each other 100 trillion of these cells are all doing stuff without you thinking about it. Your heart keeps beating. You keep breathing. Your mind comes up with brilliant ideas all the time out of nowhere. Like you think that body is just, you know, a little bit, you know, slow when it comes to viruses. Like, well, let's make this virus even more aggressive. Like, I don't see that. I don't think that's possible. And I'm here to tell you that's why the Delta variant and the R1 variant and all those variants are not true. And do you get to the point where it's almost silly now where they're, they're reporting, well, oh, there's 100 cases of the R1 variant in Georgia. Like, really? You sent the COVID tests off to a lab and you literally measured the different variants and you found that there's 100 cases of the R1 variant? That's interesting because in the beginning, if you recall, what they said was there are thousands of variants happening all around the world. Well, guess what? That would be the natural evolution. If, if, let's go back because I don't believe this at all, but if this virus was, let's say, a DNA virus, which had the ability to evade or adapt because that's what it would take is a DNA virus. All these viruses are RNA viruses, just a piece of code, no brain, no brain at all. And so if it had that ability to evade, there would be thousands of different strains of variants. There would be not one strain going all around the world. Like that's nonsensical. We have lockdowns. We have uh, isolation. We have all, you know, we, we now know that the, the virus doesn't spread uh, maybe not at all, but at least hardly at all if you don't have symptoms. So, like, all these people who, you know, get fever checked or know whether or not they're sick when they go outside, all those things, like, I'm telling you, the system is designed for us to uh, not spread infection very significantly. But anyway, this is a highly infectious virus, so I'm not dismissing that. And um, I digress. Okay, so we have this virus. I believe there is no variant. The whole point, and I think I made this point you know, six, eight months ago, whenever I did my last pandemic update, um, as the, the whole point of just talking about a variant 
is to give the excuse as to why the vaccine is not working, which is, again, something I predicted the vaccine would be ineffective. So uh, that's why that story's there. That's, you know, the flu story was always made up. The flu. Oh, this is a new version of the flu coming back around. That story was always made up. Um, Here's an unfortunate reality. It appears that a lot of viruses stay dormant in our bodies. In other words, once they get in, they kind of lodge themselves into whatever cellular area. And our body does an amazing job of keeping them suppressed. But I'd like you to think of shingles as a good example, which, by the way, we're having a rapid increase in shingles outbreaks right now. And um, the reason why people who get sick or get severely stressed or get go in the hospital or, you know, whatever the scenario is, and all of a sudden they get shingles. The reason why that is is because that virus was in them since the time they had chickenpox. And their body was suppressing it. The body is very talented at holding viruses at bay. And so it suppressed that virus until it got so weak that it was unable to keep it suppressed. So that is the way the body works. And I'm a little concerned that, you know, with this virus as well, like we're always going to have it. And, um, you know, if we start to get sick, it's going to start to rear its ugly head again. But the whole key here is to understand what's happening. So let's continue that strategy. Okay. So I'm not going to go back and revisit, like, the the facts have come out about the Wuhan. The facts have come out about the NIH funding the uh, advancement of viral mechanisms And the truth is that, uh, in fact, this was a man-made virus. Now, you know, again, they're not quite there on it was intentionally leaked, but uh, I can promise you it was intentionally leaked. Why else build this unbelievable virus? Look, you're going to see as the world unfolds that there was a reason for this. This is is an attempt to gain control, as you're about to find out, unfortunately. A lot of this stuff has proven out. And what we know right now is that uh, the uh, vaccine is the story as much as anything. And um, so let's just talk a little bit about what we know about the vaccine. So we know this is an mRNA vaccine. Um, I've told you from the beginning, I believe there are viruses in the vaccine. It's not just mRNA. Um, There's RNA in there. Um, that's why people get fevers after the vaccine. Um, I've talked to you a little bit about the death rate. I've talked to you about my concerns about fertility. So let's cover a couple of those aspects of it. Pathologists doing um, post-mortem biopsies on infected patients have found that there was a high level of viral activity in the ovaries and testicles of the deceased. This virus has a unique propensity to go for uh, the organs of fertility. And this was discovered in Japan when they um, were doing a study to see, well, when you put this uh, injection in the arm, how much of it stays in the arm? You have to remember, when you get a vaccine and you put it in the arm, the whole idea is the vaccine toxins or whatever's in there, right, uh, should stay in the arm. The body should see all of the things in the arm. The immune cells get notified. Hey, watch out for that next time. And we're all good. That is not what's happening. The vast majority of what was injected into the arm traveled to multiple organs throughout the body. This was studied by Japan. And what they found was that there was 20% activity in the ovaries and testicles. 20% of the viral load of the vaccine 
went to the testicles. And you could say, well, I call it viral load. You could call it mRNA, you know, protein activity. And the reason why that's concerning is, and, you know, we, of course, have many reports of women who are experiencing uh, menstrual irregularity. We've had spontaneous abortions. uh, And those are the least of the worries of this vaccine, in my opinion. Um, But uh, it's really important to understand that by design, and it, it doesn't matter which vaccine you pick, from my perspective, they're all uh, uh, fascinatingly quite similar in their behavior. That should give you pause, by the way. I mean, I actually saw a video of Dr. Fauci in, I think it was called uh, the Millikan Institute, um, giving a talk about how, um, you know, doing a new type of vaccine. Uh, like an mRNA vaccine would take 10 years of, of a study and evaluation, research and safety and efficacy, da, 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 unless there was a massive pandemic. And then and only then could it be rushed into society because the guy was asking, why can't we get this rush this into society, this new vaccine strategy? Yes, they say these things out loud. <laughs> it's nuts. They say these things out loud in their own circles. And there's plenty of video out there for you to go find that is quite damning. Like, literally, discussions of coronavirus pandemic back in 2017, 2013, early 2019. That that, that conversation happened in early 2019 that I just referenced. It's crazy. It is obvious. And this is, I'm going to get to my uh, main point here towards the end. Uh, and I'm an optimist. I'm I'm a guy who believes that when all the world is going to hell, which it was slowly going to hell, it seems to be speeding up. But when all the world is going to hell, you keep your vibration high. You you find joy in your life, and you stay above the fray. And you realize there's suffering going around. You you bless that. You put your heart out to it. You you try to shine a light on um, the wrongs and the tragedies of the world. But you keep a healthy attitude, and I'm going to continue to tell you that that is the attitude that you need to take. However, I also see the reality, which is that the plan here is escalating in a fairly rapid way that I didn't anticipate. I did not see uh, the, the speed to which this was going to unfold, and um, so uh, I felt it was necessary to get this talk out here and uh, give you a little bit more information. So we know that the vaccine uh, targets many different organs. We know people struggle with a a lot of side effects. Uh, Medicare data just came out and published a report showing that about 50,000 people above of Medicare age, this is Medicare data, um, have died within two weeks of the vaccine. Now, you don't hear about that. And what's so fascinating is that the rules are that if someone dies within two weeks of getting vaccinated, it is not a vaccine death because people are not considered vaccinated until two weeks after they have received the vaccine. Isn't that interesting? So I'm just talking about the recording of data when they record those deaths. They don't record them as vaccine deaths or deaths of fully vaccinated people. They record them as, uh, uh, you know, 
something else. <laughs> I don't know exactly what their codes are. But 48,000 people have died there. I mean, we see the VAERS data. I don't know if I haven't counted it, seen the count lately. I mean, there were close to a million reported uh, incidents. And I want to say, you know, 15,000 deaths or something reported on VAERS. But again, that requires someone to go and someone in their time of loss and tragedy to pick up the phone and call in and report it, um, which uh, a Harvard study said uh, happens one in a hundred times. So I'm not going to tell you it's a hundred times more than what that said. I don't know the exact numbers of the damage that the vaccine is doing, but I have serious concerns that it is very harmful to people. The other point I try to make is that um, people forget we have natural immunity to viruses. And it's not that we have natural immunity because viruses have been around. It's we have natural immunity because our body is freaking brilliant and our immune cells adapt to every scenario with artificial intelligence level of activity. And so they try to figure out how to shut this new thing that they've been exposed to down. And um, that's natural immunity. That is why our children don't get sick and die. Like some of them get sick. Yes, yeah, some are immunocompromised. They might even get some of them pass away from COVID. But the vast majority of kids barely have a symptom under a certain age. And that is called natural immunity. That is what we all have in our systems, depending on how healthy we are. That's why some people, COVID, it goes right through them. That means their system, their immune system is strong. Other people, they're hospitalized and they pass because their immune system is compromised. It's just that simple. So the name of the game here is, number one, to shut down all the gain-of-function research that's going on around the world uh, and shut every viral lab in existence. They have no purpose other than to generate and they're spending our tax dollars to make viruses to hurt us and they keep saying well it's in the name of science because we're going to try to figure out how to protect you from them and they've never once given us a protection mechanism never once out of any lab have they said hey good news we spent all that money building that really nasty virus and oh yeah sorry that our labs have a 25% accidental leak rate Historically, throughout the world, viral labs, 25% of the time, accidentally leak out these deadly viruses to the world. Uh, despite that, well, we haven't quite come up with anything yet, but we're still working on it. Please send us money. Okay, so where I started to get really concerned was when I read the data about the impact of uh, the vaccine on toll-like receptors on our immune cells. Now, several of different types of our immune cells, uh, B cells, T cells, uh, natural killer cells, have this receptor that is the key receptor in identifying viral activity. And it is disabled by the vaccine. The toll-like receptor has been found to be impacted by the vaccine. Now, where this shows up interestingly is when right now uh, in the U.S., I'm not sure if this is worldwide, uh, people who have been vaccinated are not allowed to donate their blood uh, for plasma antibodies 
to be provided to patients. You know, what the only... The only, other than immune defense, I still believe that immune defense has been life-saving for many people, Um, but the only uh, other remedy that I have seen that has a positive effect are the antibodies that are provided. You know, they they provide these antibody therapy. Um, I believe that is helpful. I, I know the world and, you know, a lot of people that are seeing what I see believe ivermectin is this huge conspiracy as well or that hydroxychloroquine is this huge conspiracy um my take is ivermectin does not do anything special it's not particularly harmful it's not an antiviral it's an anti-parasite you know and if so if you believe it's good for you and you want to try it when you have it listen that's fine i just found out too that uh, physicians who prescribe ivermectin will lose their medical license so they're going to be shutting down all these avenues. And yeah, I get it. You'd be saying, well, why would they do that unless ivermectin works? I can't explain. There's a very complicated approach to this whole plan. And it is literally quantum computer level uh, strategy that, you, you know, you, trust me, there are underbellies of layers that are going on of, of, of a strategy that are really hard to follow, but I, I speak with confidence when I tell you I do not believe ivermectin is a solution for you. Um, but as you're welcome to try it, it's not particularly toxic. I don't know if it has a huge impact on your immune system in a negative way. By the way, I look at everything as well. Is it helping your immune system get stronger, or is it making your immune system weaker? Like hydroxychloroquine, it is absolutely poisoning your immune system. So I know for a fact that doesn't work. Now. When they shut down the toll-like receptors, um, that actually makes it so all those viruses that your body was doing a good job of keeping under wraps, all of a sudden become more active. And so what's happening right now is oncologists are reporting a significant increase in tumors and weird cancers showing up. Um, around the country, probably around the world. Um, Shingles has become an epidemic again. Other weird viruses are going to come up. People are going to get, it wouldn't surprise me if we see a huge new outbreak in fibromyalgia, a huge new outbreak, uh, which is caused by a virus, a huge new outbreak in uh, rashes and uh, things. And so it may not all be that there's a virus in the vaccine that is the reason for those symptoms. It may more likely be that what was in the vaccine that harms immune cells, which made it so that blood banks will not accept your blood if you've been vaccinated to donate for antibodies because they tell you that the vaccine causes damage to the antibodies. That's right. They don't make your antibodies stronger. And there's research now coming out that shows that people who've been vaccinated are more likely to get COVID. I know if you're listening and you're like, oh, I haven't seen that. The news isn't talking about that. I'm telling you, there are more independent agencies around the world than there are in the U.S. And outside of this country, there are health studies going on and they are showing that statistically people are more likely to get COVID after being vaccinated. Now, I've heard, you know, oh, but, you know, the people in the hospitals are all unvaccinated. That is not true. 
that that data is being manipulated. Um, I have uh, seen firsthand witness testimony of ER physicians, of ER nurses uh, who discuss how they uh, are asked to not report uh, COVID in vaccinated people. I have seen the uh, other evidence that shows that people are uh, being asked to put every type of death under the class of COVID that they can, even though they were, you know, dying of, of severe heart disease. If, if they have COVID, they died of COVID. That has been factually proven. Trust me when I say the data is manipulated. The same kind of data that was what they used when they tested, I think, 37 patients um, with, for the vaccine and said it was 95% effective. Do you remember when they said the vaccine was 95% effective? How did that turn out? Like now they're like, it doesn't work at all. Oh, wait, wait, we meant 95% effective at reducing symptoms. Really? Because the people in the hospitals t that are uh, the vast majority of cases in places like Israel uh, would beg to differ that it is uh, super effective in helping you fight off COVID. So we're so divided in this country that I may have just lost some whatever percentage of the audience that wanted to hear both sides of the argument or just can't imagine that there could be such a level of conspiracy. Um, but please, please try to go out and see if you can find the evidence about the huge Israeli study that showed that people with natural immunity fared much better than people with vaccine, quote unquote, immunity. Now, again, I come from the perspective that vaccines do not work at all. They do not work at all. In fact, they, they've proven now that they affect the toll-like receptors. So that means that they, in fact, are harmful to the immune system. This, to me, indicates that they pushed all the chips to the center of the table. And what I mean by that, the reason why there's such urgency right now to get everybody vaccinated, so much so that they're forcing or they're trying to force every employer to give the vaccine. They're trying to force every employee to get the vaccine. By the way, how odd is it that the White House staff is completely exempt from getting the vaccine, that Congress is completely exempt from getting the vaccine, that Pfizer employees are, and I probably Moderna, I don't know, but I just happen to know Pfizer employees are exempt from getting the vaccine. Like that is a disturbing reality. And they are uh, going to, I told you uh, in my last update, I remember saying they're, they're probably going to force you by uh, making it so you can't go to football games. And yep, here we are. You can't go into a movie theater. You can't go to a lot of football games. Not in Colorado, which is interesting. You know, different states are doing a little bit different. I'm watching and seeing. But trust me, if we don't get the numbers up, they're going to go to what they're doing in Australia and New Zealand, which is a you know, quasi-martial law to make people's life so miserable that they just decide, I'm just going to go ahead and get the vaccine um, because they're not going to let me travel without it. They're not going to let me outside without it. And none of it makes sense because, of course, I mean, I know you guys have heard this argument, but if you still get infected, if you're still just as infectious as you were as if you didn't get the vaccine, then the only thing they're really claiming is a problem for you is that you're probably going to have worse symptoms, according to them. 
Well, that's my personal issue, right? I don't like if I'm if the vaccinated are equally infectious and equally likely to get it, and then there really is no logical reason to get the vaccine. And I, I'm I'm fascinated by the people who just keep saying that like we should be like you can see how well the media uh, pushes this argument to the point where um, the vaccinated are getting a stronger and stronger opinion that the unvaccinated should be put in a separate place. They should be kept under wraps. They should get treated differently at hospitals. These things are being floated. And um, I'm going to get to that in the end. This is where I'm getting concerned. So the formula that's being used in hospitals, and I am very sad to say that my brother-in-law passed from um, being poisoned by the medication that they gave him in hospital. Um, the formula they gave uh, my brother was remdesivir, vancomycin, and dexamethasone. These are organ failure medications. My brother-in-law died of organ failure. I do not believe he died of COVID. He was very late in taking the proper dose of immune defense. Um, 24 hours after he took the proper dose, his fever broke. But unfortunately, before his fever broke, he was getting pretty bad. He was like 10 days into his illness and um, he doesn't really believe in immune defense. So he didn't take it right the first time. So he finally takes it. Fever breaks. But before his fever breaks, he still doesn't believe it's going to work. He's getting really sick to the point where he decides to go to the hospital. The hospital puts him, um, you know, checks him in and he's feeling good. The morning, 24 hours after he gets the right dose, he's feeling good. He doesn't have a fever. Things are looking up, but they're like, you have COVID, sir. So we're going to give you remdesivir, vancomycin, and dexamethasone. Now, let me just explain to you a little bit why that's nuts. First of all, the vancomycin they claim is because people develop a bacterial superinfection, a bacterial pneumonia. There's no evidence of that. There was no evidence that he had a bacterial pneumonia. Vancomycin has no effect on the uh, virus. Antibiotics don't work on viruses at all. And um, they gave him remdesivir, which failed clinical trials for Ebola, caused organ failure and death, and was essentially pulled from the clinical trials because it was so dangerous. And yet um, it has been created as the standard only in the United States, by the way. No other country uses remdesivir. Only in the United States is this the go-to soul therapy, along with vancomycin, which also causes organ failure, along with dexamethasone. So just so you understand, never get remdesivir, never get an antibiotic, and never uh, get a steroid if you have a viral infection. That's my advice. You know, don't take that as medical law. Like, you know, you trust your own decision and listen to your doctors to whatever degree you want to. My opinion is that people who have a virus do not want to be on steroids that make your body less capable of fighting a virus. They didn't want to be on antibiotics that make your body less capable of fighting a virus. And I have no idea exactly how remdesivir works, but I know it causes kidney failure, multiple organ failure, and I believe it is what killed my brother-in-law over a period of about a week. So um, that's uh, information for you to have. Again, antibody therapy. Now, they had antibody therapy available for my brother-in-law when he checked in, but I believe they pulled it because he had not been vaccinated. So they uh, did not give him the therapy. They told him it was available, 
and then they decided that he wasn't a candidate. I don't know the inside details on that. I don't know if hospitals are treating vaccinated and unvaccinated people differently. Um, I can tell you that people who believe in vaccines are angry. They've been the the polarization is palpable, and um, it's really scaring this country. You know, one of the things I wanted to leave this podcast with is uh, we can't have this division. Uh, if we, with this division, we will not win this battle. And if you're not watching what's happening in China and Australia and to some degree New Zealand, um, then um, you're not paying attention. There is a, a control mechanism happening here. Um, there are uh, what we have is the potential for uh, camps to be set up. Let's say that, in fact, we already see now there's ma- there was a massive exodus of um, Southwest uh, airline employees who called in sick, um, caused a hu- like eighteen hundred flights to be canceled because they were being forced to get the vaccine. I I received an email from a sweet uh, lady in Australia who is a police officer who's like, if she's not, does not get the vaccine, she will be terminated. Um, They are going to do what they can to get everybody vaccinated. And the reason why they're in a hurry is because it won't be long before everybody starts to realize that they're not able to have children or they're dying of some kind of new cancer or they're, severely ill. I watched a tragic video of a woman who was pro-vaccine, got the booster, and now she has a severe central nervous system disorder, um, muscle spasms, can't work. I saw the fear in her eyes. Um, I'm very uh, concerned about the booster. I think with each new dose that they make you take, and it's a slippery slope, once you agree to mandate the first one, and that's what they're trying to get everyone to do, to agree to man to the mandates. Once you agree to that first mandate and the law all of a sudden says, oh, yeah, everybody needs to get it now, um, then they can just continue to uh, inject whatever strategy, whatever substance they want into the body and harm will be done. Great harm will be done. And... This country is changing in a very rapid way. Uh, I'm worried about the rest of the world. I think uh, in most parts of the world, this is true. There are some countries that are holding out. Trust me, they will get to them one way or the other. Um, And so, uh, again, I would tell you, if you get vaccinated, take two doses of immune defense, 12 hours apart, dose by weight, one bottle for every 100 pounds. Take one to three bottles Uh, And and then 12 hours later, take that second dose of one to three bottles based on your weight. Works in children, works in everybody of all ages. It should shut down a a fever. Um, It does not kill the virus per se. What it does is it makes your body capable of shutting the virus down. I don't know the exact mechanism of action. It uses frequency medicine and... um, I uh, and it's not 100% effective, and I don't always understand why uh, that's the case. But you can imagine nothing's 100% effective. Um, but for so many, I've heard such amazing, and, and I'm so feel so blessed that that uh, is uh, something that I can make available to everybody. So please consider that. 
Um, the other thing to, to remember is immune activator, uh, which is a, an oxygenated molecule called trioxalane that boosts your immune system, helps you fight viruses. That's really important. Um, you want to get off inhalers if you can. You want to um, exercise. Um, you want to um, strengthen your microbiome with recovery. Um, you want to... Um, get yourself as healthy as possible. Like, uh, you know, the osmosis strategy is to do that. And, um, so you'll see my protocols for a variety of things, but, um, most of the stuff I've designed is to permanently improve your health. And, um, uh, we are, uh, getting great feedback that tells us we are on the right track. So, uh, I encourage you to do that. So what do I mean by, uh, the chips, Push to the center of the table. What I mean is, once everybody figures this out, there's going to be a revolt. Once everybody starts to realize that this virus was built to be released, wasn't a China plot. I know it's easy to get caught up in, the, oh, the Biden did this and the Trump says that. And please, don't get caught up in the politics. They want you to get caught up in the politics because they know it divides us. It's not about the politics. Everybody is being manipulated. Nobody gets a pass in our system. The police that are walking off due to uh, the vaccines, they're fine with that. The people that remain, they know, are the people that are going to follow what they say. The Healthcare workers that uh, remain, they're fine with that. They don't care if there's a backlog of inability to treat people like great. They want a crisis. They're creating a food crisis. They're creating a shortage in uh, several aspects of our lives intentionally. There is a grand plan for a massive financial collapse, destitution, homelessness, uh, inability to like, this is the goal because when we are divided and scared and weak, they have a much easier, uh, ability to take control. Now, why are there more deaths related to COVID in America than anywhere else? Cause we have the most guns. We're the only country, uh, really that I know of that still has, um, a significant, uh, a number of guns uh, within our population. They know there's a battle coming. And uh, I'm not one to say go get your guns. In fact, I'm the opposite of that. I'm, I'm one to say um, we have to do this through a peaceful um, strategy. Now, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, I don't know if it's marching in the streets. I don't know if it's a complete rejection of Congress I don't know if it's a uh, start over uh, mentality um, with uh, the entire election system. I don't know where it has to go, but I can tell you right now, the way that they are pushing this is they know we're all waking up to this reality. And even the people who are uh, pro vaccine eventually after one or two boosters is going to be like, oh, Oh, geez, like that definitely came from that shot. Like, I feel like crap or, oh, geez, my brother died. Like, you know, the whole six degrees of separation thing. They're going to start seeing enough relatives being impacted by this, enough of their grandchildren 
enough of their friends, enough of their coworkers being impacted by this that everybody's going to get it. It may take a year, but everybody's going to get it. Now, what I described to you earlier, uh, a year ago, six months ago, whatever it was, was herd immunity was coming. Actually, it was over a year ago. I said herd immunity would come by the end of this year. I still believe that to be true. They wanted to time it based on how they vaccinated us. So they were hoping to get everyone vaccinated because they knew that we were going to have this herd immunity, which is about two thirds of the population having been infected by the virus um, to time out with the vaccine so they can say, see, the vaccine worked. There's a lot fewer infections going on at the end of this year. They're going to they hope to say that. But what I'm here to tell you is that's because that COVID is passing through our systems. Our children should absolutely not be vaccinated. They have natural immunity and natural immunity lasts longer. I'll leave, I'll leave on that note. Just understand natural immunity. Co- uh, well, natural COVID immunity is when your body has to deal with a 30,000 nucleic acid, 12 gene complex biowarfare virus and figure out all the different ways that it's trying to hurt us all the different proteins it's trying to create to hijack our cells, all the different ways it's using its, its, um, its genes to evade human detection, like the toll-like receptor, like it fit, trying to figure out all those things. Um, and actually, I don't know that COVID's going after the toll-like receptor. I don't think it is. The vaccine appears to. And so all of those different uh, evasion mechanisms and figure out how to shut it down use its ai intelligence dna uh all that quote-unquote junk dna is uh ai intelligence code that is figuring it out and that is why immunity from diseases of the past exists because our bodies finally figured it out because the bugs that came around um had were le- the reason why they weren't as prominent in our society is because they were less infectious the more infectious it is, the more it spreads, the body still comes up with a solution for it. And so herd immunity has to be two-thirds of the population for a highly infectious virus. It only has to be a third of the population for a less infectious virus. So herd immunity is coming by the end of the year because of the infection rate that's going on around the world. And then we need to stand up and tell them that we refuse to continue to be vaccinated, uh, that we refuse to continue to have to wear masks, that the infection rate has died down. I'm not saying now. That's fine. Masks serve some purpose. It's modest, but it does serve some purpose in stopping me, if I'm infected, from spreading uh, a projectile, spreading it throughout the room. I still spread it. If you're in a room where one person has COVID for 22 minutes, studies show that everyone in that room will be exposed to that virus. So, uh, you know, don't think that you're super protected by masks, but whatever. I mean, I'm not going to freak out over the mask thing uh, for now. But once we've achieved herd immunity, uh, so starting in 2022, in my opinion, we've got to stop talking about masks. We've got to stop talking about vaccines. We have to stand up for our rights. We have identified the culprits that were involved in the creation of this nasty biowarfare weapon. And we need to start having uh, putting people on trial. And uh, interestingly enough, I don't know if it's true, but I just saw a video of a uh, grand jury who has indicted uh, Fauci 
Um, I'm fascinated by it. I haven't heard anything from anywhere else, but it did look like a judge was online discussing uh, the fact that Fauci has been indicted um, for basically crimes against humanity. Um, remember, he's the one who funded the Wuhan lab. He's the one who directed that. Um, and uh, somehow it was also connected with the uh, the um, virologists who were caught trying to smuggle coronavirus out of the country. Uh, I, you know, remember that? Like nothing ever came of that supposedly. Well, apparently something's being done. So I'll leave you with the big picture. For me... The big picture is, uh, and this is hard to understand because we're so entrained in the idea that there's there's good and evil and there's a, a war going on. And to some degree, that is true. I'm not going to lie and say uh, that like evil doesn't exist. Evil exists. We're watching it unfold right now. But the grander scheme, and this is just my philosophy, take it for what it's worth. The grander scheme here is that we're seeing this play out because humanity got lost. And from my perspective, this is a divine orchestration to sort of bring society back to the realization that all the power is within you. All the divinity is within you. You are made from nothing but God particles. You are 100% divine energy, incarnate, having an experience on this planet. And we can call that experience negative or we can call it positive, but those are just adjectives. The point of having an experience is to have the experience. You can't know light unless you have dark. There's a purpose to all of this. It's simply to have this experience. And I believe, I'm hopeful that the point of this is also to overcome the negativity, to recognize how uh, society has gotten lost in the selfies and the lack of interaction, the lack of uh, loving each other, the lack of of, of real humanity, of appreciating, like we're so divided that we literally uh, hate one another when in reality we're all the same. We're just wearing different cloaks, but we're all the same divine beings trying to learn how empowered we really are. So this is an exercise of empowerment. So I'm asking you to own your power. Know who you are. Know that you deserve to live in joy. You have to choose it. You have to uh, uh, command. You have to feel worthy of it. So there's this massive lack of worthiness happening on the planet. There's this massive uh, um, self-absorbed energy going on in the planet. And this is a divine orchestration, uh, severe as it may be to wake us all up to that reality so that we can uh, live a life where we recognize and love one another the way we would love ourselves. Hopefully that didn't sound too corny, um, but that's my perspective. So I don't know how long it's going to take. I thought it might take till 2030 um, for this realization to happen, but uh, I also just don't know. I don't, I don't know like the plans that are going underway, the possibility of martial law, the possibility 
of massive infertility, the possibility of mass mass um, loss of life. Um, you know, it, it makes you think of like these Terminator movies or these other movies that seem like so ominous in their projections. And I don't know. I don't know if that is the experience we have to have until everybody wakes up. And trust me, it's a free will planet. So we have to own it and we have to wake up. So this is me asking you to see this for what it is. Find joy in your everyday life. Try to stay above it. When you, if you get caught up in the news, please watch it from a, an unemotional state of mind. Pray for those people, but don't get emotionally involved. Do your best to not get angry. Anger makes you weaker. It makes you less intuitive. The whole idea here is to your intuition is your divine wisdom. The more emotional you are, the less intuitive you are. So, um, take those words for what they're worth. Hang in there. I hope I'm wrong, but, uh, if in fact things continue to progress down this way, um, I, uh, well, hopefully I'll be here along the way. Uh, giving you my thoughts and guidance, but um, I'll be thinking of everybody, praying for everybody. Um, So on that note, um, I'll say goodbye until next time. Thanks. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ask Dr. Ben. Please leave a review if you can and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to get access to all of my upcoming episodes. My website is osmosisbeauty.com and you can find me on Facebook at Osmosis Beauty. You can also follow me on Instagram at osmosis underscore beauty. Thanks for listening.